0: Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode of It's Time, we'll listen to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of 2 Samuel. This book is especially important as it focuses entirely on the life of King David, the line of Christ. Examining the triumphs and troubles of David, we can learn a lot about being a person after God's own heart. With the timely study on Second Samuel, here's Pastor Mike.
1: Verse 13, it says, um, Then three of the thirty chief men went down at harvest time, and came to David at the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephilim. And David was then in the stronghold, in the garrison of the Philistines, when they... Uh, uh, when was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water that fell from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And so three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out on the ground to the Lord." And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do, uh, that I should do this, it, for it is not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by these three men. Uh, it's interesting that David was probably just, you know, weary of the battle and probably remember how good some... Uh, good cold water tasted he said oh if I could just have some of that water by the well at Bethlehem and three guys heard it and they said hey let's go get David some water and so they broke through the enemy lines they went and filled their canteens up and brought it back to David and David when he saw it and he knew what it was and he understood what these guys did out of an act of bravery and an act of submission and also an act of love to say here David this is something you wanted this is something we want to give you you know I mean I'll tell you what's really funny here's David by the way uh, a king, and um, uh, could have probably anything he wanted, and um, you know, sometimes it's funny that uh, it isn't in the amount of what we have sometimes, or uh, of dollars and cents, or uh, the grandeur of it all, but sometimes it's just little things, and he just said, boy, if I could just have some of that water, and when he got it, he realized how precious it was, because three guys risked their lives, risked their blood to go get him this water, and he, and he said, Lord, it would be wrong for me to drink this. So he poured it out on the ground before the Lord as a drink offering, interestingly enough, and, and uh, so um, he would not drink it. Now Abishai, uh, the brother of Joab, the son of Zura, the chief uh, of the other three, he lifted up his spear against 300 men and killed them, and won a name among these three. Was he not the most honored of the three? Therefore he became their captain. However, he did not attain to the first three, so he's saying that um, there were level of, uh, levels of greatness, levels of bravery, and uh, you might say well, as we look at here at uh, David and his cabinet. One of the things I do find here, and I think it's important, is to recognize. Now you might say, well, Mike, this is really great, but I'm not a king, so I guess I don't. This really doesn't apply to me. Oh yeah, it does, because there's people around you that blessed you and serve you, and you know I, I like to compliment people that have been a, a, a blessing to me. Uh, and uh, you know, um, uh, and, and and you know, you never know when that one person, or 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 the friends that you have, encourage you to continue on. You you know, I'll tell you something. I think all of us can think back at a time in our life when when we were um, just exasperated, or we wanted to just give up on Jesus, or whatever, and and there was a friend, and maybe they even weren't walking with the Lord that good, but they encouraged you, and you're still here. I'll tell you something, that tells me a lot about recognizing those that have been faithful to you. Now, we've talked about this before, but sometimes you may not ever know who your friends are until you go through problems and troubles in your life. There's an old saying, it says, a friend walks in when everybody else walks out. And and again, a lot of times people that you thought were your friends, they weren't your friends at all. They were just using you. And they enjoyed the kudos and and whatever else that you were offering them, uh, the comforts or the securities or whatever, and the the minute that you don't have those things to offer them anymore or you're in trouble, uh, they they don't want to have anything to do with you. And so David recognized that just as well as these men who served him could have gotten killed, they, they were successful and God had blessed them. And so he recognizes not only what they did for him, but also what they did for Israel and most of all what they did for God. And so I think this is a really important thing. And I think all of us need to remember to be complimentary when people have blessed us. And, and so I think that that's good. And remembering, again, just as, just as it says here, that um, uh, they did the work, but God is the one that brought the, 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 the victory. And so always remember that it is God working through that person. So that way, when somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, you're doing really good, we go, yes, I know. And our head swells up and our ears drag on the doors as we walk through. Kind of bad. It, 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 but it's okay to tell people you noticed. And again, think about it for a minute. Doesn't it feel good when somebody tells you how well you've done? Did somebody even notice? Now, now friends, I'll tell you something. You know, a lot of times we, we, we kind of look in the Bible, and, and I've even had people say, you know, Lord, teach me how to love. But one of the ingredients, one of the key ingredients in love that we learned from, from Jesus is to see what he did for us and, and say thank you. That's one of the things that happen to us when we become born again. We don't really become born again until we say to Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. In other words, I recognize what you've done for me. And, and, and if, we don't, if we don't recognize what others do for us, as well. I believe, friends, that that, that is, a, that is uh, something where it begins to speak of being self centered because we're, we're not noticing what others have uh, contributed into our life. Uh, and I think that's a tragic thing when, when a lot of times uh, some people's fame and fortune is built upon the backs of others and there hasn't even been said thank you or anything think that that's kind of a, a sad way to go. And so again, when we understand that God's plan for our life and purpose for our life is to be... Watchful and and just as we said thank you to Jesus, so we also then notice and say thank you to others that have been kind to us. And I think again, this is something that David, interestingly enough, is is doing here in the scripture, letting us know that hey, these people, in fact, really did mean something to me in heaven. So think about that for a minute. Maybe in in your own life, uh, um, those that have been uh, influential in your life and how important that is, because again, friends, that's a that's something that that God looks at. So. We find here again that he lists these people that were uh, uh, that had been a great blessing. Benadiah, verse 20, was the son of Jeholadiah, uh, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab, and he also went down and killed a lion in the midst of the pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. An Egyptian had a spear in his hand, and so he went down with a staff and wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Um, uh, These are kind of interesting picture types that we find here. Um, uh, And so he goes on and he says, These things Benadiah, uh, the son of Jehadiah, did and won a name for himself among the three mighty men. And he was more honored than the, than the thirty, but did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his guard. Ashiel, brother of uh, Joab, one of the thirty. And then it lists all these other guys that are listed here. And I won't take the time to read all of them because um, uh, you didn't know. But I think it's interesting that he did mention them and did recognize Uh, their contribution in David's kingly reign. And again, I I think that's a a really important thing because uh, always be mindful of those things that others uh, do for you. Okay, Uh, let's go to uh, uh, chapter 24. Again, um, this is um, not something unusual that God would be with the nation of Israel. Again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel and he moved David against them to say... Go number Israel and Judah. Now, uh, this is kind of a funny thing because, um, God here moves David to number Israel. Israel had had been sliding away from the relationship with God, so God moves on David. And as we get farther into the story, you're going to see that God punishes Israel because David numbered them. And I think originally, I think it may very well have been that God moved on David to number Israel, and it may very well be for the half-shekel census that was to be given uh, per each person. Um, that would be brought into the house of the Lord. And evidently, these people had forgotten the relationship with God. But for some reason, uh, that didn't happen. And so we find that God then ends up judging Israel uh, because of of, uh, this census. And and again, I believe it was probably because uh, that which was required by God um, uh, to be brought into the temple was not brought into the temple. And so therefore, God judged him. So let's just look at this. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army, who was with him, Now go out through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and count the people, that I may know the number of the people. Something noteworthy here. God never told David to do this. Uh, he moved on him, though, to do it. And, uh, but there was no voice from heaven. It just something that he had an unction to go do. And it may again very well be been that God was moving on him so that uh, this money could have been brought into the temple. Uh, once again, it would have sustained the priests and the, and, and uh, their ways of worshiping the Lord. And so Joab said to the king, now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundredfold, a hundred times more than there are, but uh, the, may the eyes of my Lord as the king see it, but why does my Lord, the king, desire this thing? Why do you want this? Um. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the army. So it seems that everybody was against this. And by the way, to take a census was rather a large job in those days, just as it is today, to really find out what was going on. Now, again, God may have had very good intentions in doing this. Uh, The anger of the Lord was aroused. Notice again against Israel, he moved David. Now, it may very well have been so that they would recognize that the half-shekel should have been brought into the temple. But, but now David um, uh, is doing this. It doesn't seem to make any sense. And it may very well be that the motive of David had changed somewhere along the lines. And so it says that they went out, crossed over the Jordan. Uh, they camped in Aroir uh, on the right side of, of, of the town, which is in the midst of the ravine of Gad towards Jazir. And they came to Gilead and to the land of, of uh, Teh- Tim, Um and, and Hash hodishi And they came to Dan, uh, Jan, and around to Sidon. And they came to the stronghold of Tyre and all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites. And they went out to the south uh, of, of Judah as far as Beersheba. And when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of the nine months and the twenty days. And Joab gave the sum of the number to the people of the king. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword. And the men of Judah, there were 500,000 men, so a, a, an army of 1.3 million. Now, friends, again, a lot of times we think a long time ago, uh, there wasn't that many people around, but just here was the people that could draw the sword. Now, this didn't count women and children and, and babies, and this was basically, if we go over to uh, First Chronicles 27, 23, and 24, it talks about uh, not numbering those uh, a, a part of the army that were under 20 years old, so... Some people estimate that the population here is is right around eight million uh, people in the in the nation of Israel at this time now I, I think a lot of things happen when, when you do that, and I think maybe David was starting to feel kind of good, maybe you're thinking wow I've, I, i'm the king of an army of one point three million whoa who's going to tangle with me uh, you, you never know you know again uh, oftentimes you 'll find that in your life that um, that people begin to enjoy the blessing more than the, than the one who blesses. And um, maybe this is what happened. We don't know, because as we read on here, we find that David ends up convicted in his heart over this. So he says, Joab gave the number of the people of Israel to King, and there in, in, in Israel, the 800,000 and the 500,000. And so, verse 10, uh, the king's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly. In what I have done, but now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now, again, um, it's hard to say exactly what happened in David's heart. Uh, God was angry with Israel; He commanded it to be numbered. The shekels were not collected for the, uh, the people in a census as should have been done, and the money gone into the temple. It may have very well been that David began to strut around thinking he was something because of this great army now that he was commanding, and all of a sudden he was convicted in his heart and i don 't know if that 's ever happened, but you know to you, but uh, you know God can convict us of of of, of things that 's going on in our life and, and, and you know what God loves us, and, and so he does those things. Uh, And and so, um, David arose in the morning. The word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go tell David, thus saith the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself, that I may do it for you. Now, this sounds good, but it isn't. It's, It's a punishment on the land of Israel. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? Or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? He goes, No, I already done that. (laughs) You know, that was something that he'd already been through. Or shall three days plague your land? Now consider whatever answer I should take back to him who sent me, speaking of God. And David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hands of men. Um, David trusted God, but he didn't trust men. And so that pretty much ruled out um, the last two. And the first and the famine, uh, um, seven years, would have been very, very severe. So, so the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from morning until the appointed time. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men uh, of the people died. And the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, and the Lord relented from the destruction and said uh, to the angel who was destroying the people, it is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was uh, was by the threshing floor um, of um, Anuruah the, the Jebusite. And David spoke to the Lord when the angel, uh, angel who was striking the people said, surely I have sinned, I have done wickedly, but these... Sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. Now again, uh, David is taking this personally because he feels it was something he did. But actually, God was angry with Israel because of their rebellion against him. And and again, as it says, uh, going back to verse 1, again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Um, (laughs) That wasn't something in common. Uh, You know, it seemed like, like they were always kind of in rebellion to God one way or the other. So... And so Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar uh, to the Lord on the threshing floor. Uh, and so David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming towards him. So Aruna went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And Runa said, Why has my lord the king come here to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. And Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take up an offer whatever seems good to him. Look, here are the oxen for the burnt sacrifice and the threshing implements, and the yokes of oxen for the wood. And all these, O king Aruna, had given to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God uh, accept you. And the, and the king said to Aruna, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, uh, which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor uh, of the oxen for 50 shekels of silver, and David built an altar there to the Lord and built uh, and burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers of the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. It's interesting here that this is where he goes and buys the threshing floor, and uh, it appears this is where the temple was built, and so this is where, how that all came about. It's also noteworthy here that, um, that David recognized that he had sinned against God, that God was angry. And so rather than blowing it off and just acting like it didn't matter, uh, David goes and, and uh, seeks the Lord, and the Lord shows him what he needs to do. Now, friends, God will always show you what you need to do to get things straightened out. And one of the other things we find here is David said, I'm not going to offer to God something that didn't cost me something. You know, a lot of times, a lot of people give God their seconds. A lot of times, people give God their excess. Well, you know, and I'll just tell you, this is what a lot of people do. That, you know, that when they tie sometimes, well, God, if i got any money left over, I'll give that to you. I don't do that. Before I ever spend any money, I take God's part out and I give it to him. Because the thing is, is is that that's the first fruits and I know that God will make up the other 90% just fine. And again, I've shared this with all of you before, but God has um, made up uh, on one deal uh, to me more money than I've ever given him. Uh, So money's not a hard thing and resources are not a hard thing for God. But the thing is, do you trust God with your resources? And that's a, that's a hard thing because a lot of people think, well, I'll I'll give God what's left over. Hey, I got this and I'll, you know, I'll give it to church or something. Uh, You know, there was an old saying, junk to the dump. But you know, if you give God your best. You know and and, like I say, if, if you look at this here you 'll see that God, in His way of doing things, God blessed David, God forgave Israel, and I think friends that 's an important thing to understand that again they 're on the threshing floor they 're on something that was where. God would, would meet his people and forgive them of their sins. And, and again, where David uh, there goes, and, and this guy offers him to give him all this stuff, and he says, well, that's nice for the gift, but I'm going to give you money for it because I'm not going to give God anything that didn't cost me something. And you know, when you realize that uh, as well, uh, you know, sometimes we say, well, serving God is, is such a hard sacrifice. Friends, It is. It is. It is a hard sacrifice sometimes. But you know what? God will always give back to you more than you've ever given to him. And a lot of times people think, well, you know, I don't know how God does that. Well, I don't know how God does it either, but he does it. I don't know how God fed the children of Israel out in the wilderness for 40 years. They did some simple math on that. and They they counted uh, like 200 boxcars a day uh, is what would be required to feed that many people in the wilderness. And yet God fed them all. The Bible says their shoes didn't wear out, so God can supernaturally provide, or he can keep stuff from wearing out, or the nail you are going to hit with your tire, you went around, I don't know, but I know God has a way of, of preserving and taking care of us. And so as we look at this here, we can find that, again, David knew what he did was wrong, uh, uh, and it's interesting that before uh, Gad ever came to him, David already knew that he'd sinned, and he said, he said, God, I, I did this wrong, and so God says, well, listen, this is what we're going to do here. Well, the occasion wasn't really against David. The occasion was against Israel. But uh, uh, evidently, something happened in David's heart when he began to number the people. And so it happens sometimes. God has us do something, and then and then we get kind of tangled up in the way, and then that, that creates another set of problems. And so I just invite you, that as we look at this, understanding that now as we find his son, Solomon now coming to power and how God begins to use him, that we would just continue to let God do what he wants to do and how these, these principles and lessons can be applied in our daily life. So again, be complimentary. Recognize those that have blessed you and have encouraged you. I think that's always a neat thing. And, and uh, if God moves on you because something's going on in your heart and your life, and just say, Lord, I'm sorry, and, and get out of that so God can turn around and bless you and restore you and heal you, because the Bible says that He will.
0: And that's Pastor Mike Kessler, Senior Pastor at the River Christian Fellowship with Second Samuel on It's Time. If you'd like to have your own copy of today's episode, you can obtain one for free from the daily iTunes podcast. If you want a hard copy, you can give us a call at 800-357-4226 to place your order and while you do that don't forget that Second Samuel is part 2 of the First and Second Samuel series available from the River Christian Fellowship. Please tune in next time for another relevant Bible study on It's Time. It's time!